Hey, it's Michael Greco here, and you're listening to the Angry Millennial. Aren't they just all too happy to be angry? Thanks for tuning in, and welcome to the Angry Millennial Podcast with your host, Jose Rosado, and co-host, Stevie Chris, where we talk to creatives and entrepreneurs from all walks of life and passions about the creative lifestyle, the good, the bad, and the ugly. Be sure to check out our site, theangrymillennialshow.com, and sign up for our newsletter to be eligible for prizes and giveaways, as well as stay up to date with new shows and upcoming guests. Hope you enjoy the show. Hey guys, who doesn't love really well-designed photography clothing? Check out clickgearclothing.com, a lifestyle for urban photographers. All Angry Millennial listeners can use coupon code ANGRYPHOTO to receive 20% off any order. And the first three people who sign up for our newsletter after the show will get a free $25 gift card. Now guys, be sure to also check them out on Instagram at clickgearclothingltd. What's going on, AM Nation, and welcome to the Angry Millennial Show, where we chat with creatives and entrepreneurs about the creative lifestyle, the good, the bad, the ugly. We're recording from WPPI in Vegas this week with some of the most talented photographers from around the country. Today, we have wedding photographer Mike Alibach. Mike, thanks for coming down. Hey, what's up? (laughs) (laughs) So I must say, we checked out your um, storytelling marketing right? Yep. Storytelling through marketing? I mean, Story, storytelling marketing. There you go. Um, strategy. There was there strategy. Yeah. Yeah. Strategery. <laughs> um, so it was great. We checked it out this morning on, uh, on Sunday and, and it, was, it was amazing. I mean, and one thing I, I quite honestly never knew, I never knew you were the father of three children. We have, me and Jess have, uh, have two kids of our own. And that your, your youngest twins, how old are they now? Seven? They're, they're six years old. They're six, six years old now? It's a fun age. Yeah. 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 <laughs> That they were, uh, they were actually born premature. So real quick, I mean, just I, I was born premature as well. Uh, so I knew what my parents went through. Uh, so you know, I'd love to hear your kind of take on it. Yeah, I mean, they were they were born via emergency C section about mm. ten, uh, yeah, around ten weeks early. Mm-hmm. And I think you know, it was never a thought in my mind that that would happen. Right. You know, I thought they would all be healthy. Our first was healthy. Right. They were going to be healthy too, and then. You know, all of a sudden here they are. And, you know, I was in in the room when they were being pulled out Mm. and, you know, they were kind of blue looking Mm. and, you know, you don't, you you just don't know what's going on. Like it it all looks like everything was going wrong. Mm -hmm. Everything looks like chaos. Yeah. Everything looks like chaos. Obviously they have it under control Mm -hmm. and then they had to be put on feeding tubes Mm -hmm. and oxygen for the first few days. And then they were in there for a long, long time. Yeah, that was, yeah. That was my scar. It was from the feeding tube. I still oh, got wow. my arm. Yeah, And I got the Sylvester Stallone kind of <laughs> mouth thing. <laughs> the, the, tube, the tube was taped like this for oh, you know, four wow. months of my life. Yeah. That's, I mean, so, that's, that's heavy. But you they're doing I mean? wonderful. Oh, yeah. They're, they're doing great. Yeah. So not to pry, but I'll ask. Did they, when they were growing up, did they have any kind of um, development issues or anything like that? Yeah, they, they, they still just, they're... They're very healthy, but mm-hmm. they we've noticed, you know, they, they get sick a little bit more. Mm-hmm. The immune system um, is kind of lower, yeah, right? Yeah, definitely. And then also, um, you know, they've, they've had some therapy, like occupational mm-hmm. and speech therapy along mm-hmm. the way. Mm-hmm. And I think that all relates to yeah. them being born premature. Yeah. 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 But, but other than that, they're, they're great, healthy, fun, crazy kids. <laughs> nice. Nice. Glad to hear Nothing it. Nothing more to ask for, right? Yeah. yeah. 
So, Mike, tell us a little bit how how it all started. You know, were you always creative? Um, did photography come first for you? I was actually I was a graphic artist first. Oh wow! I kind of like everything. I kind of fall into. Yeah, yeah, of course. So I in high school I took this great class called multimedia and mm-hmm. advanced multimedia. This is back in 1998 mm-hmm. and um, 99. I took the advanced version. I learned Photoshop, Premiere. Premiere when it was horrible to use, <laughs> and you had to render everything for an hour. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you had to render everything for an hour to see, you know, 3D Studio Max, all, all these cool programs. And, um, you know, then I started to go to college for web administration, and I realized I actually didn't like making websites so much. Right. Mm. Um, but I really liked the graphic art. So, a local place by me that was like kind of like a Home Depot. Uh, hired me because I was, you know, I, I went in really confident mm-hmm. <laughs> because I would, had made like different albums for my band. Like I had done all the design and I learned this in high school. Mm-hmm. And I think they just really wanted to pay somebody like next to nothing to be yeah. a graphic artist. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's how I got the graphic art job. And I, I just learned a ton and I've had a ton of creative jobs since. Nice. nice. So like you said, it's definitely... Um, how a lot of us get into it, you know, you kind of fall into it, fall you know, and you just, yeah. you just go by what, what you get, what you like, what you don't like. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and that's how it goes. So, so later on you transitioned in, into photography and while you were working full time, you, like most people, you do weddings on the weekends Yeah. and you, through hearing your presentation this morning, you, you definitely struggled with your own story, right? Owning your own yeah. story as an artist. And, and when you, when you, kind of came to grips with that then you had this epiphany you know so you've definitely found your your niche within the wedding market um so tell me a little more how that come about so yeah it was the wedding business started in 2006 Mm -hmm. and it took two years for me to have this idea um and shoot it of tattooed brides because i was Mm -hmm. in a punk rock band and i was like you know what? I never see any punk rock weddings. So my initial thought was let's put together like a fun little punk rock shoot before I knew what stylized shoots were. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I was very new as a wedding photographer. So then I put that together and I decided once I got the pictures back, I loved them. Right. And so I threw one up right on the front cover of my webpage. I'm like, I'll see what this does. And I had a full-time job, so mm-hmm. not a lot to lose. And um, when I did that, I got a lot of good kind of feedback as well as some bad feedback. Mm-hmm. People were like, why do you have a tattooed bride? Like who, right. who ever who shows a tattoo? Right. Yeah. Right, right. And this was 2008. So it was, it yeah, was not, still not 1954, not but still, yeah. Yeah, but yeah. still yeah. you sit yeah. there and go, yeah, that's in, especially yeah. in within weddings, you know, it's, yeah. it's a very glamorized, yeah. uh, very pretty type of picture. Yeah. A lot of people put forward. Yeah. So I did that and I, I started ranking for SEO because I was the only one saying the only one it. doing it. Yeah. 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 So um and then I found out about Offbeat Bride and Rock mm-hmm. and Roll Bride, um, who had started around the same time, maybe mm-hmm. a little bit earlier. And I kind of started partnering and advertising with them and it just sort that of took seems off. Second nature, yeah. 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 Nice. I mean, yeah, like so. you said, it's it's it was um like you you mentioned the story of your I don't know, was your first bride or one of your first brides yeah. that that she had already had a photographer and it was literally the I guess he said it in passing that he's like oh if you want me to shoot your wedding I'll, I'll charge you extra to remove your tattoos yeah. 
And the girl was obviously very much yeah. so mortified yeah. and was like, well, fuck this guy. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah. and, and then came to you and it was crazy. I mean, how much of that do you get? How much of... Especially of, in the beginning, how much, right. you know, where people were realizing, wait, there is somebody who yeah. actually... Well, I, I actually don't get it any less. I probably get it more now, but it's different things. Um, but mm-hmm. for her, the she had literally $30,000 worth of tattoo work. Oh, wow. Know? And... You know, she was just like when he said that. Plus, her father died, and some of the tattoos were representative. Come right him, right. Yeah, of of him. So how dare you? Like that's that's going after her her father's memory. Mm-hmm. So um, tattoos are a very personal thing. I yeah. think we're all tattooed. Yeah. So yeah, we you know we get that. You know, it's not only artistic, but it's very personal. Yeah. So so now what I get is people send me these like long diatribes, and I love reading <laughs> them. Um, and it's usually like, the, and the, usually they don't even talk about tattoos much. It's like, I have this, uh, we're doing this wedding and we're a lesbian couple and it's a mixed religion wedding and we want mm-hmm. traditional elements and we want non-traditional. We want to bring in Nerf guns or fire juggling or <laughs> Doctor Who awesome. or, or whatever. Like, I want they, Nerf guns at my yeah. wedding. <laughs> so that was like one of the ones that now came in last week. you're putting ideas in his yeah. head. That's not cool. Because <laughs> now he's going to be like, can we have Nerf guns at our wedding? <laughs> Yes. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. And like one of my recent ones had, had juggling, like wow. the one that is shot in February, the couple juggled, like they were the entertainment as well. That's oh, cool. wow. That's so, awesome. Um, yeah. You just get all kinds so. of fun stuff. Yeah. yeah. I guess the rest of us. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And so, it's, yeah. Go ahead. It's, it's, it's less tattooed now. Mm-hmm. Even though my clients are tattooed, it's more about we just want to have the personality a wedding, yeah, that to come through. represents yeah. us. Yeah. yeah. That's and amazing. We, yeah. I think the most fun wedding we've been to was, wow, that music's getting really loud. What the heck just happened? <laughs> <laughs> the the most interesting wedding we've been to was a cosplay wedding. It was a, oh, yeah. a photographer. Actually, maybe you know him, Johnny Sorber. He's a photographer out from of, Philadelphia. Out of Philadelphia. Oh, nice. And him and his wife had a cosplay wedding. She got walked She got walked down the aisle by Darth Vader. No, nice. I'm sorry, by two stormtroopers. And Darth nice. Vader was her flower girl. Yeah, and it then, was it was really fun. And then the the I guess the um the person who married them, uh, I don't I don't know enough about comics to know, yeah. but he he was basically just he looked like the rock like the like the creature um from uh, Fantastic Four, uh-huh. but he was ice. So like I, blue I, yeah. ice, yeah, dude, just like blue I don't ice, know. but he, he was crazy. Looking. It was cool. Yeah. Like everybody was came fun. dressed up. I went That's as. Nice. Uh, Katinka, Katinka. Inga and he went. I was Mugatu. Mugatu. <laughs> it, was, it was good. Yeah. yeah, I had a little dog yeah. and everything. Oh, I was nice. like, "Obey my dog." <laughs> <laughs> just looked yeah. like an asshole the entire time, just yeah. judging everyone. You know, typical Mugatu yeah. stuff. We need to. We need to be invited to more of those. We need more. <laughs> we need more cool friends. No, I d- I did two like um, Halloween weddings last oh, year. Oh, nice! And that when her theirs was around Halloween. Yeah, a couple yeah. years ago. So everybody came dressed up dressed to up. the one. Like even no, no matter their age, they all came dressed up. Yeah, nice. costume um, wedding, right? Yeah. That's fun. So, um, it's funny how I came across you was actually through Jaleel, who actually just uh, just came on. How are you doing, Jaleel? Jaleel King. <laughs> Hi. <laughs> <laughs> and how I came across you was actually through um, you know your video on Jaleel, which was amazing, by the way. Yeah. Thank you. Um, so you know what, how was that? You know, like. When you've obviously we talked, you guys talked about it. And Jaleel, if anyone knows him, 
he's a he's a character. So the fact that he <laughs> he's a big lied, old teddy bear. The fact that he told you for however long that uh, he got put in a wheelchair by an elephant accident at a, at a circus <laughs> is interesting. So what was was that what it was like for you? Where you were like, you know what? Let me actually sit down and get this guy's real story on on camera. Um, and, and what was that kind of like? Cause I know you said that when yeah. neither one of you knew what, what that would have done for Julio and his career. Yeah, it was, it was so much, um, you know, we were sitting in a sushi restaurant, right. like, and I what was, sushi joint? uh, I don't know. It was, it, it was outside of Philadelphia. But, oh, okay. Uh, I was just hand holding a D 600 camera that I had just gotten, mm-hmm. um, with a manual lens on it and, uh, a mic from Radio Shack. Nice. Like, and literally, Jaleel was holding the mic. Yeah. So my idea was, yeah, let, let's, let, let me interview Jaleel. I know there's some gold in this story, mm-hmm. and I want to know it personally. So instead of me just asking him, why don't, why don't I do this on camera? And mm-hmm. I, I thought I would get something good, but I didn't know that it would touch me Maybe that, that much. Right. Yeah. yeah. No, it's true. I mean, and we even through doing this, I mean, we saw Peter Hurley earlier um, just now. And when we sat with him, I'd known him for the same thing. I'd known him for a few years, um, but it was very, you know, our relationship was very superficial, just as photographers, you know. And when we sat with him, it was crazy. I mean, I asked him, uh, you know, what's the biggest regret in your career? And a lot of times people will just either talk about, oh, everything's a learning experience. I don't regret anything. Um, you know, they may be a better, a better photographer or a better business person as of, you know, whatever happened. But for him, he went personal. And he said, you know, um, I lost my mother recently. And he goes, I've been in this studio probably now for like eight years. And they've been here probably about five or six times, his parents. And he goes, I've never actually taken a nice photograph of my mother before she passed away. And I was like, Holy shit, you know, and yeah, and, and it's that I think is one of the best things of why we do this and why we sit with people is, all right, yeah, it's about the gear. Yeah. It's about, you know, what you like and what you shoot and that kind of stuff, but let's get to know you a little better. And, um, and it's, you know, think about how, how much of a, a, a more genuine relationship you can have with someone when you actually kind of, like you said, you own your own story and with, and we're going to talk about in a second with the storytelling marketing is learning your client's story, you know, because when you have that interaction, then you, you, you can, as, as you know, you break through a lot of barriers and all of a sudden you're like best friends of the person, Yeah, you know? So I know you were, you spoke about storytelling marketing, um, but tell us a little bit about kind of a, a, a shortened version of, of what your presentation was all about. Yeah. So what I realized in my own life is the first thing you have to do is you have to own your story. Mm-hmm. I don't, I don't even necessarily I think the first time I, I gave this talk, I, I talked about telling your story. Mm-hmm. I don't even know that it's that because sometimes it's it's not appropriate to tell your story. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, but you have to know what your story is and, and realize, okay, the shit that's happened in my life, the bad stuff, and mm-hmm. um, it's made me who I am and hopefully a better person and character and all that. It's made me who I am as an artist. Mm-hmm. So that's the first step because... I think a lot of people and artists especially really struggle with confidence and Mm -hmm. presence and until that's kind of in place, it it limits us from what we can, what we can do. Mm -hmm. Um, So then the next part is actually exploring our client's story. Right. And I I think what I, what I've been learning over the last few weeks is, you know, I say it, 
but and I'm doing a little bit, <laughs> but I just got my mind blown through a class that I was in mm-hmm. with Steve Sap- Saparito, where I learned, oh my goodness, I could be doing this 10,000 times better. Right. And you can, there's so much you can do when you know, you know, okay, the, the kids were born premature. Like, what was that like for you? Mm-hmm. Like asking those questions, your clients, and then you know them better and you can photograph them with that in mind. You can relate to them better. You can tell their story better, which is, yeah. And sometimes it's great to kind of give their story back to them Mm -hmm. and and say, isn't, isn't this amazing? Like at first they were in a hospital and now here they are six years later, you know, with you and we're taking photos of, of, you know, your son, Johnny and Mm -hmm. and you. And so you can add that much more value to, to them. You can give them an experience they could never otherwise have. Yeah. And like you said, it, it's, it's a lot of times it's, um, you know, we, we learn about the other person, but like you said, sometimes it's never flipped on you and saying, okay, I can talk to you in a nice way. You know, I can, I can be personable, but by at least kind of telling my story, you can tell me your story. And like you said, there's that overlap, you know, where there's things that just help and, and make it a more amazing experience. And it was great. I think it was great that you mentioned uh, during your during your presentation. You said when you had your mind blown, right? Yeah. During that talk, you said, "I think it's important to note that while I'm here speaking, I'm still very much so, just like you guys, always educating myself mm-hmm. and becoming a better photographer, a better storyteller, a better a better person." Yeah. And and I think that that was that was really nice to uh, to kind of mention. You know, um, because I'm sure as a lot of, as a lot of people can can probably tell, uh, a lot of talking heads who come to these things, you know, you go home a couple of years in a row, and you might see the same freaking thing yeah. every single time, yeah. and then you sit there and say, well, are you actually getting any better, or are you just resting on your laurels? Yeah. You know, so that was a good thing to say. So I know you're a, a fellow PA guy. Yeah. Um, I recently just moved from from Philly to uh, to Maryland. So have you found a lot of success locally, or maybe more so in like other markets? Um, I would say that it's pretty much Pennsylvania, New Jersey, New York mm-hmm. is my like like the tri-state area. Market, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, a lot of like every every weekend in the summer, I was in Northern Jersey last <laughs> last year, and yeah. it was just you know every year it changes. I, I yeah. don't know what's coming, but um, and then a few clients here and there um, fly me in for mm-hmm. weddings, but mm-hmm. that's you know I'm not necessarily the luxury tattooed wedding photographer. Right, the destination guy. Um, and I enjoy, you know, when you don't travel, you get to be at home with your family a little bit yeah. more. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. We know that struggle. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it, it's, it sounds like fun, and, and I do like traveling for weddings, especially when they're at nice places. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm glad, I'm, I'm starting to realize that I'm actually glad that I don't do too much traveling. Yeah, because like you said, you, it's important to have... And family life dynamic. Yeah. 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 A lot of people don't realize that. You know, we talked to like uh, Jeremy Cowart at Photo Plus last year and he's always everywhere. And I said to him, I was like, how do you, how do you do it? Like, how do you juggle, you know, that, that family life dynamic and uh, family work dynamic? And he said, you know, it's, it's all about communication. You know, he's like, I sit with my wife and we go over like the next two months of my calendar and like we, we plan it out that we have, you know, like I think at that point the expo or the PPE went from like Wednesday to Friday or Saturday. 
And I think we spoke to him on Thursday. Mm -hmm. And he was like, yeah, I love this day. I have all these friends who are speaking tomorrow. He's like, but I have to go home because our daughter is having a slumber party. And I promise her I'll be there. And he's like, and that to me is... That's prioritizing, right? Yeah, yeah you have to prioritize. Everything. Prioritize when you have a family. It's just yes. no way around it, yeah. right? You know. You know. Um, so tell me, are there any kind of personal projects you've been working on, and and what are your thoughts on like personal projects as a whole? Uh, I yeah, I love personal projects. <laughs> um, it's a funny question to ask because, <laughs> like, I, I felt like some, at some point I could give a class on how every personal project has turned into something. Yeah, yeah. of course. Yeah. So I, I never thought them to be stylized shoots. Now everybody used that term. Right. Um, but Tattooed Brides was a personal project. Mm-hmm. I didn't think it would come of anything. Right. You know, like nobody paid me to make Julio's video. I felt it had to be a story to be told. Right. Um, I'm trying to think of someone, you know, I did some fun ones with like 1920s flapper shoot. Oh, but nice. But then everybody was like tatted up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that was a lot of fun. And I've, I've just seen, if I do one a year, focus on one a year, mm-hmm then sometimes it turns into work. Like the latest thing I've been doing is bodyscaping. Mm-hmm. And I've really seen how people respond and and feel after having these sessions done. So obviously, to get it off the ground, I work with people that aren't, you know, paying. Mm-hmm. Um, that way I feel like I can, you know. Be a little more creative. And that be kind creative of thing. Yeah. and yeah. They'll, they'll forgive me for, you know, any mistakes. So right. I do a few shoots that way and then afterwards... I wasn't even sure that it would launch as a project, but mm-hmm. then it did. Nice. So I'm getting paid clients for these bodyscaping sessions. That's wonderful. Nice. Yeah, that's great. So tell us we, these last couple questions. We're gonna go. We're gonna go a little deep. Okay. All right. So what's the biggest risk you've taken in your artistic career? I don't even know. Like I think when I lost my job, it wasn't a risk that I took. Mm-hmm. But it was that moment. Right. What were you doing? You're stepping into something. um, The graphic design job? Um, No, I had moved on to, Mm -hmm. I I was basically a marketing director. Mm -hmm. So I had, yeah, did marketing directing. I did a little bit of video for my job as well. Mm -hmm. Um, I was like a one man. One man show. (laughs) Marketing (laughs) director. Yeah. 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 So um, when when I lost that, it wasn't a risk that I took, Mm -hmm. it was a risk that I was given. And then I had to figure had to figure stuff out. Right. And I feel like I'm still figuring stuff out mm-hmm. and how to, I, there's so much education on how to take a photo and so little actually good education on how to run a business. Yeah. And mm-hmm. we're artists and we suck at running businesses. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. I, I think sometimes that we, we'd be better served by taking more business classes and forgetting about. Yeah some of the other stuff. Yeah. No, I, it's funny. I, I teach at some local colleges about photography and the first thing, like the first day, it's uh, one of the classes is I, I show people how to literally turn on the camera and what's aperture and what shutter. Mm-hmm. And I tell them, listen, if you have any inkling that this is something you want to pursue, the first thing I say in the first slide is with all the free resources online, you can learn the technical side as well as just picking up your camera and taking pictures. But do yourself a service and go to like a local community college and take a business class. Because that could be, like you said, that could be the one thing that really, you know, makes you be successful, you know, as a, as a creative. Yeah. Um, this past week, I was asked the question about my hourly. What do I? What do I make an hour? Mm-hmm. Like, I don't. I don't, I don't, <laughs> I don't know. I, I mean, like, you know, what, what is your working hourly rate? And mm-hmm. I know what I what I charge for a people, wedding, right? 
for her wedding, but that wasn't the question. It's like between all the all the editing and mm-hmm. all the stuff that goes Breaking into that, down, yeah. when you break it down, what do you really make an hour? Mm-hmm. And I had no answer for it. Right. And I think most photographers wouldn't. But the 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 idea of that is that when somebody asks you to do something during work hours, mm-hmm. you know what the investment is. Right. You know, if it's an hour, you, well, you know, if if my hourly rate is $250 an hour, mm-hmm. they're asking for not only my time, mm-hmm. $250 from me. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And like so. you said, it, it enables you to, to value your time that way because like we all know, that's the most precious resource yeah. anyone has is time. Yeah. So, you know, being a little, and, and that's one thing that I think a lot of photographers have to work towards and through having certain success is realizing that you have to be a little protective of your time. Yeah. You know, because a lot of us are always all about giving and helping yeah, out others yeah. where we can, but it does come to like a tipping point, you know, yeah. where you sit there and say, okay, I'm helping to the point where I'm doing myself a, a disservice, disservice yeah. you know, mm-hmm. and, my family, myself. Right. Yeah. yeah. And, and that's not good either, you know? So name your biggest fear creatively. Oh God. I don't these are tough. Well, the good thing is there's right? this Zen music we have in there. There is. So, <laughs> so it might help open your mind up. <laughs> Yeah, uh, huh. biggest fear. Let's see. You know, I, I've been taking so many risks mm-hmm. recently. Mm-hmm. Like I'm implementing a whole new way to run my business. Right. So every day I'm I'm within that fear. Like I fear that some of this won't work out. Mm-hmm. You know? mm-hmm. And it's and it's coming to terms with um, this is a different way of doing things. Right. And it's a better way, and it's worked for a lot of people. And I'm just like, well, what if what if I mess one of the steps up? Still mm-hmm. that fear of the unknown, I yeah, guess. Yeah, fear of the unknown. Yeah. And, and what if I really mess it up and fuck it up, and mm-hmm. and then a client's mad? You know, I, yeah. I hate you. Don't want clients. To be yeah, mad. No. you don't want to. You want to. You want to try and at least please everyone. Even you always you know want you that can. reassurance of knowing that yeah. it's going to work out. But yeah. creatively, it's difficult to get yeah. that nine times out of ten. You know. Yeah. Yeah, so I, I do fear about blowing a shoot, like just mm-hmm. having a client come in and say, you know what, this is... That sucks. Yeah, <laughs> and especially when you're dealing with people in like a boudoir or mm-hmm. like bodyscaping mm-hmm. situation. Right, the vulnerability where, is big, yeah, yeah, they're they're vulnerable in a way, and then like having it instead of helping them, like that would probably be Being my more biggest damaging. Yeah, like, that's Yeah, that would like, be terrifying. Yeah, yeah. So it's never happened, but like that's something in the back of my mind. yeah. Well, I guess in a good in a, in a good way, it's what keeps you on your toes. You know, like you yeah, said, we, it's- we actually had this conversation in one of our recent mm. episodes that having a healthy dose of fear mm, shows yeah. that you still have passion. Right. And when you lose the fear, maybe it's time to do like a gut check. You yeah, know what I mean? Yeah. That I'm not getting butterflies anymore. I'm yeah. not, you know, so yeah. do I really love this as much as you know, yeah. you should always kind of be on your toes a yeah. little bit, I right. think, creatively. Yeah, if you if you don't if you no longer uh, feel any kind of fear, right? Yeah. You, you could sit there and think, well, "Fuck, do I do I even care anymore?" Yeah. You know. Yeah. And you said it. I mean, even tonight, uh, this morning, you, your your talk was at nine a.m. Not yeah. the earliest, but one of the earlier ones, right? Yeah. And and you you 
towards the end, raise your hand and go, so who else already has been drinking this morning, right? <laughs> and you said, and you said, no matter how many times I've done this, I have to take two shots before yeah. I get on stage. Yeah, I literally, <laughs> so that I don't drink too much, right. get those little bottles. Oh, yeah. nice. And little nips, little yeah, nips. Yeah, yeah. And I line them up and I take two. <laughs> so you're like, all right, I'm good yeah. now. Yeah. What, what's, your, what's your shot of choice? Rum, vodka? Uh, just vodka. Nice. Just vodka. Yeah. Watching your figure. It's adorable. Smart, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> So, all right. What's your most meaningful moment in your career thus far? I, I, I know that I've, I probably have a great answer. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, getting, getting that email that I ended up reading on stage um, about the bodyscaping, I mm-hmm. think that was pretty intense. Right. Um, where she wrote back, like, this was a life-altering experience. And everyone who has participated has written that, like, these photos because they're abstract and mm-hmm. they're like, I didn't a know little my anonymous body. In a sense, yeah. Right? And they're anonymous and they're like, I didn't think my body looked like that. Like, yeah. and they just all left with this feeling of freedom mm-hmm. and then seeing those things come in. Like, that's gotta be wonderful. Yeah. yeah. Like, like I get a lot of thank you notes from weddings, but I never say your photos from a wedding were changed like, my life. Right. Yeah. 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 Whereas, boudoir and and nudes and bodyscaping that that's more the norm mm-hmm. yeah if you're yeah. doing it right yeah for sure yeah so. yeah so what would you say is your biggest regret in your career you know i i would have loved to two things mm-hmm. it's focusing more on business earlier like mm-hmm. i just took a three-day business class mm-hmm. that kicked my ass where, where was it um it was it was in the cosmopolitan just down the street oh, okay uh, but that was the one with uh intuition to succeed mm-hmm. steven Separ- steve separito and kelly um you know it, it would have been helpful to take that class three <laughs> years ago yeah, a couple of years ago like, yeah, yeah. Hindsight. Um, the other thing like you know the last year of being a marketing director, my, my heart just wasn't there. Right. And, you know, I didn't, I don't, I wasn't ready yet. I had to get kicked out of the nest kind mm-hmm. of thing. Mm-hmm. But looking back, I think I would have been a better person if, you know, you want to love your job. Yeah. Right. And love what you do. And I, and I realized like I love photography more than I've ever loved it because now I'm getting to the place where I'm seeing this. The world needs photography. And mm-hmm. we think of it as, you know, maybe images on a digital screen, but they need the experiences that we can give to them and the questions that we can only get permission to ask because we're photographers. Right. Like we can do things that doctors and psychologists and nobody else can. The stories right. that we can tell yeah. from those, yeah. Because we're photographers. Yeah. So we have ultimate permission to do more than we've ever thought we could mm-hmm. with these clients. Yeah. No, it's, and that's one thing that I, I was, I was taught, I teach like, like, like business of photography class. And I didn't realize the other day I was, I was, someone asked me, um, how do you get past the point where everyone asks you something for free? Right. It's so like family members say, Oh, can you come to my party? And can you bring your camera and take some pictures of my niece or whatever? Right. And, and, and I told them, I go, look, that's, that's, that's on you. You know, like yeah. that's a personal decision. Um, you know, and we started talking and I started saying it's it's really shitty that we do something really great that a lot of people value in a sense yeah. until it comes to the point of actually paying for it, yeah. you know? 
And, and I had this one episode where uh, it was on holidays and I was ranting about how um, networking at like, or let's just say talking, small talk mm-hmm. at parties when you're an artist can be fucking crazy because, you know, whether, let's just say if you're a writer, right? The first person goes, oh, so what do you do? Oh, I'm a writer. Oh, that's great. What have you written? Right? And then imagine if you're still writing your first book and you go, oh, well, nothing yet. <laughs> and then two seconds into a conversation, you feel like shit. Yeah. Right? And, and then if you're a photographer, oh, well, what, what, what do you shoot? Oh, well, I shoot this. Oh, have you been in any magazines? Like, can I see you at like Barnes & Noble? Or, or are you on TV? And then you sit there and go, no. But then automatically, again, the whole conversation kind of takes like, a little sullen, sullen drop. And, and it, it's, it's stupid, you know, because uh, even, even me, right, transitioning into this, doing the podcast full time, first thing people ask, even a month in, oh, so you're making money yet? And I'm like, dude, tell me any fucking business makes some money in a month. I will go do that, yeah. you know? Um, and, and people don't realize that whether you're a photographer or, or any, other, any other artist, right, that the threshold for uh, when success comes with any other corporate thing could be years and it's acceptable. But when it comes to artists, for a lot of people, within months, if you're not turning, you know, profit, people are judging you. You know, what are you doing? Oh, you don't, are you sure you're supposed to be doing this? Like, you should be a better business person. And, and people don't have that, that kind of patience with a lot of the arts that I think is unfair. Yeah. You know, like, so I started telling people, all right, flip, just flip the script on them, right? Because any person, let's be real, if they work at a corporate job, they could work somewhere that has like 500 employees, right? It could be making hundreds of millions, even billions of dollars every year, right? But then they're operating at a loss, Mm. Yeah. And you sit there and go, whoa, 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 dude, your company isn't even making any money. Wow. How long? And have they made, haven't made money the last five years? That's crazy. Wow. You know what? You should really look for another job. It doesn't sound very stable. <laughs> but come on. If the person yeah. was in the corporate world, oh, fuck you, man. I make six figures and I have a Beamer and uh, what do you got? It's, you know, they don't realize it. It's the same exact thing. You know, it's just a, a bigger scale, you know, and and it's, you know, it's something that I think a lot of more people um, should should really work towards. I mean, we even we even met a guy last night from Belfast, mm-hmm. from Northern Ireland, and he was a wedding photographer. And he said, can I ask you guys something? And I'm like, sure. What? And he goes, in the States, how is wedding photography perceived value wise? And I said, oh, well, you know, it's, it's a scale, but there's there's just some success to it. And I go, why? And he goes, well, in, in Ireland and in the UK, like it, it's shit. Like people don't, people don't value what we do. And I go, oh man, that kind of sucks. And he goes, yeah, yeah, it's, it's, it's everyone's on price. Everyone's a, a price shopper. And, and he goes, uh, he's part of, I forget what some of the groups were. Like he's like a ASMP. And then there's another one for no, Ireland, like Belfast photographers. Yeah. And then there's like London, London photographer group, whatever. And he goes, what I would love is if we all came together and said, all right, collectively, let's all just raise a bar. Yeah. You know, let's, let's make it that everyone is just getting more respect and more a, a better rate and a better experience for what we're giving these clients. Um, and, and yeah, you sit there and think it's not a crazy concept. And when you think of banding together, the first thing a lot of people think of is unionizing. But in a sense, it's, it is that, you know, it's like, all right, collectively, we should be, uh, 
you know, getting a little more respect than we do as artists. Um, and it, it, it's crazy. You know, you think about other companies, they make a product, like you said, right? You can, you can calculate the cost of materials. You can calculate the cost of running the machines to build it. You can calculate the cost of uh, paying the person to run the machine. Okay, you have all those hard numbers. Now add whatever profit margin you want, and that's the price. Great. Pretty, pretty cut and dry. Then look at photographers. We essentially add value to something that in reality is worthless. Right? What's an image? You know what I mean? And, it's and, intangible. Yeah. Not worthless. Yeah. Just intangible. But at the same time, it can be priceless. Right. Yeah. Exactly. You know? You have people like artists who put a little red dot on a canvas and it sells for a million dollars. So it's perspective and perspective on success. <laughs> right. Well, you know, I think your comparison of, you know, corporation to, you know, the the artist is I mean, I get it, but I think it's also perspective on success. Everybody's mm-hmm. idea of success is very different. Yeah. You know. I mean, Mike said it already. His idea of success, which I'm paraphrasing, I don't know exactly, but he had a job and he got paid a steady paycheck. And he was yeah. and his heart wasn't in it. Right. And now he's able to do photography full time. And on top of that, he's able to keep his clients within the general area that he can spend more time with his family time with and family. his kids. So the the, that to me success. the success for yeah. you yeah. is is yeah. the happiness. Yeah. You know, it's not always about the money and, you know, that's definitely not what it is for, I, I know a lot of artists. I mean, obviously it's important to be yeah. able to self-sustain and pay your bills yeah. and, you know, eat yeah. <laughs> something other than ramen. Yeah. But, <laughs> you know. Yeah, perspective, you know, everybody's perspective on success is completely different. And what I think is success may not be your idea of success and vice versa, you know. Mm -hmm. Um, So, yeah. All right. We went pretty deep. We're (laughs) going to go even deeper. We're going third third level deep. (laughs) I haven't even had a shot yet. (laughs) Uh, If you couldn't share your work with anyone, would you still shoot? Like no one, not, not your wife, not your kids, no one. It was just for you. I think so. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't know. How, how would I make a living then? <laughs> well, no, yeah, it's just kind of like uh, in a sense of, and, and we think about it, right? Like, so, so when we ask questions like this of photographers, it's, it's completely split down the middle. Yeah. It's yeah. either, um, I love the experience of someone else enjoying my photographs. That I, if I couldn't get that, I wouldn't do it anymore. Then you have other people going, well, yeah. But at the same time, I'm a photographer at heart. I have the eye. I take tons of pictures no one ever sees that are just archived on my, on my hard drive. So in a sense, it's, uh, yeah, I would, continue, I would continue to do that. I would continue to shoot stuff with my phone and never show it to anyone because yeah. that's, that's the way I, I view the world. Um, so it's really interesting. I mean, yeah, people ask it all the time. They go, well, I go, forget, forget the money, forget anything like that. It's just, you know, you think of things like Vivian Meyer, right? If you yeah, heard that yeah, story. yeah. yeah. I mean, she was so protective. And when her story came out, they started interviewing people and they go, what do you think she'd feel if she were around today? She'd be mortified. Yeah, she'd yeah. fucking be angry. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, You know what I mean? And, and it's, it's crazy to think that. But again, it's a very, at the core of it, it's a very personal, mm-hmm. internal thing, you know? I think I would miss the customer experience. Mm-hmm. I really would. Yeah. Because that's, that's the reason why I'm more excited to be a photographer now than I've ever been. Mm-hmm. is really learning and and nailing down that process. I thought I was good, mm-hmm. and now I'm realizing there's so much better that I could do to prepare people for photographs, so much deeper I can go with asking and exploring their story. Mm-hmm. 
and adding value to the experience by right. by knowing who they are and not just you know not just letting it up to chance right you know because if you're doing a family shoot they're coming in their family might be arguing that day on the ride <laughs> it's always that's yeah. always the way it happens so, everyone's pissed off the first 10 minutes they get there yeah and i think if you know like what little johnny is into mm-hmm. you can start bringing that out and and look for the expressions that the, the family want to remember 10 years down the line mm-hmm. and capture that right and I, I think there's so few photographers they think they're going deep with right. the clients right but then they don't they they get to almost the area where it gets uncomfortable to ask the tough questions mm-hmm. and they don't push forward and right. I, I think that's what i'm learning is by us asking deep questions of mm-hmm. our clients we can give them something that no other profession can can give them mm-hmm. right i agree yeah it's Very much so. But it's hard to get there, like you yeah. said. It, it's hard to. I think it takes practice. Well, and yeah. it takes inner strength. Inner that's, strength. Yeah, yeah, that's why you have to own your story. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, listen, Mike. Thank you for taking the time out yes, uh, today to talk to much. us. So we last, know it's been a crazy week. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's going Already. to be a crazy week. Yeah. <laughs> so, last two. Uh, where can people check out your stuff and yeah. learn more about what you do? Uh, you can check it out on the website alabachphotography.com. That's um, A-L-L-E-B-A-C-H. Yep. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. A-L-L-E-B-A-C-H, photography.com. Uh, I'm pretty easy to find if you search Tattooed Brides yeah. as well. Mm-hmm. Um, or you can find me on Instagram at Tattooed Bride Photo Guy. Nice. Tattooed <laughs> Bride Photo Guy. So last but not least, who's someone that you would like to hear us talk to on the show? God, I think you should talk to Steve Separito. I think mm-hmm. I think you would have a mind explosion. Gasm. We like mind explosion gasms. Yes, yeah. like it's a funny word. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's my mind ex- explosion and orgasm at once. <laughs> yeah. All right, oh, definitely, definitely. So with uh, with a lot of the people we have on, we always say, "Hey, listen, um, it's." It's uh, we're obviously we'll take swings at anybody. Yeah. You know, we reach out to anyone. We don't give a shit. <laughs> yeah. But obviously, if you know, if that person you always suggest is someone you have a working relationship with or you know, uh, a warm lead wouldn't hurt. Awesome. Yeah. All right. Well, listen, Mike. Thank you for coming out. Hope you enjoyed it. Uh, we got it was great to get to know you a bit better, especially yeah. after all the years of being in the similar circles yeah. and, and knowing <laughs> each other, but never actually uh, meeting. So uh, thanks, and hope you enjoy the rest of the uh, WPPI. Yeah, yeah, have a great thanks, time. Go gamble a little on. bit. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> nice. Yeah. And drink. Yeah. Yes, and yeah. drink. <laughs> All right, take care. Thanks. See ya.